0: Welcome to Across the Margins podcast. This is your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margins podcast is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to osirispod.com to check out all their podcasts, all their live events, everything they got going on at osirispod.com. In this episode, I am proud to present an interview with the senior director of the NYC Health and Hospitals Arts in Medicine program, Larissa Trinder. Larissa is one of the talented people behind the project that inspired the new book, Healing Walls New York City Health and Hospitals Community Mural Projects 2019-2021, to which commemorates a brilliant and benevolent three-year community mural project that persists as a flagship of the New York City Health and Hospitals Arts and Medicine Program. Supported by the Lori M. Tisch Illumination Fund, The Community Mural Project is designed to encourage creativity, lower stress, build trust, and to increase engagement between hospital staff and members of their surrounding communities. Their murals also create space for joy as well as healing for patients and frontline medical workers who are always under enormous pressure and were hit especially hard during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Community Mural Project builds upon a mural tradition that began in the 1930s, when the Works Progress Administration, the WPA, supported the creation of murals in virtually every New York public hospital. Healing Walls, a beautiful coffee table book that was gifted to every H H staff member who participated, vividly documents the ongoing community project as well as many WPA era hospital murals with new scholarship and images. What's best is 100% of all sales of the book will benefit NYC Health and Hospital's arts and medicine programs. So in this episode, Larissa and I, and all too briefly, editor and author Jan Rothschild dig into exactly how the Community Mural Project initially came to life while exploring how the gifted artists who are participating in the project were selected. We discuss the cathartic power of art and how decades of research prove that the arts can play a role in in healing the healers, as well as improving patient outcomes and forging community health awareness and partnerships. We talk about the painting parties that occurred when the murals were first erected and the collaborative process that goes into creating each mural that ensures they are strong representations of their respective communities. We talk about the HH Art Empathy Workshops, a fascinating, important idea known as social prescribing, and so much more. It was a thrill to talk to Larissa about this project. It's super inspiring. The book is absolutely beautiful. So I have no doubt you will love this interview with Larissa Trender. Cross Cross, Cross.
1: Cross. Cross. the margin. Cross the margin. Cross the margin. Cross. margin
0: podcast thank you so much for being on the podcast i really appreciate it as i told you i found this um uh the whole project super inspiring there's a lot of different angles to it that i'm excited to learn about and talk about so thank you very much
1: oh you're welcome i'm very delighted to talk about what we're doing here at health and hospitals
0: Yeah. It's so cool. Um, let's just start there. And if you could speak kind of generally and tell us about this, it's wild, this three-year community mural project, what's going on over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to, um, probably begin by providing some context on what New York city health and hospitals is and um, who we serve. So, you know, it's the largest public safety net hospital system in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, it, uh, has 11 acute care facilities, um, multiple clinics about 67 clinics and and many other resources that we provide to the community there's no wow. um no one's turned away regardless of their circumstance we um support the largest um number of undocumented immigrants we're dealing with that right now of course wow. um we deal with the largest number of behavioral health cases mm-hmm. in the city um and homeless uh homeless people and just all sorts of different um populations the health and hospital system is here so that's just that's really great. a wonderful you know, initial context. So the, the arts and medicine department is sort of interesting because and this will non get us to the community mural program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the arts and medicine department is really kind of interesting. And there's different iterations of these kinds of interventions in different hospital systems, sort of depending upon a bunch of different variables. But as far as a public hospital goes, it's very unusual to have one, frankly, that's this robust and that's this um, comprehensive. And, you know, that's really a large part in uh, in, in thanks to the Tish Illumination Fund, which really saw this several years ago as a a tremendous gap in opportunity um, right before COVID, actually, and that that really set us up for a good opportunity. But the Arts and Medicine Department um, really became coordinated under the Office of Quality and Safety in about 2017 when the current CEO, Mitch Katz, and um, my boss, Dr. Eric Way, both kind of brought with them this idea around, um, you know, incorporating the arts as an essential part of the continuum of care from their previous lives in California. Mm-hmm. So um, they also have a, so, so it was with great intentionality, they put this arts and medicine department under the quality and safety um, banner. And that just, you know, the quality and safety department sort of um, looks out for just that. It sort of regulates and does all sorts of things. And so there's a lot of physicians that sit on that board, the arts and medicine department, myself, the NYPD, um, our data analysis team. So all sorts of different entities that really are looking out for the safety and culture of the community that makes up the health and hospitals. So what's also very interesting and most people don't know is that the arts and medicine um has a collection that we store dating back to the 1930s, which you probably saw in our book Healing Walls. Uh, so,
0: some of the artists involved in that are amazing too. Amazing,
1: amazing, <laughs> and um, and it's really serendipitous that Barbara Haskell from the Whitney Museum wrote an intro in that, and in it she talks about sort of this um, renaissance from the 1920s of Mexican artists that came mm-hmm. in during the WPA, and I find it really interesting because I believe that's sort of happening again now, um, uh-huh. with the resurgence and of of community and public art and how um, it's really playing a tremendous role in amplifying problems in the world because artists can get away with stuff, you know? So um, we're having a lot of um, fun with it and we're really hoping to continue to create these amazing healing environments. So we stored this art collection from the 1930s that has about 7,000 pieces in it We equitably distribute it throughout the entire health system in the best way we can to create healing environments. And there's some science behind that and the types of images that are appropriate in certain environments, and some are not, obviously. So there's a lot of thought that goes into that. Um, But the other thing that we do uh, is is deploy evidence-based programs that are um, helpful to support workforce burnout and build resilience and So I would say 90% of our programs are for our 40,000 staff. Um, The other 10%, maybe 15% is for patients and families. We already do an excellent job of addressing a lot of programs for patients and families um, with other initiatives. And so again, Arts and Medicine had this great opportunity to really focus on um, workforce burnout. And it just has blossomed, frankly, with the um, pandemic and post-pandemic. And that need is just continuing to... Um, really, really grow with a lot of people leaving the health force, the healthcare force.
0: Yeah, I saw saw that great um, uh, PBS interview you did, and you were talking about it in, you know, about the helping the healers, healing the healers. And, and I love that idea that you were using art in multiple ways, not only having it around, as we all know, we can all feel what it does to us and what, it, how much it matters. But as a discussion point, I thought that was really cool. I'd like to learn more about that. You're actually speaking to them about the art in it, and it led to different discussions that were helpful and and cathartic to them as well.
1: Yeah, no, and thank you for bringing that up. And I think that brings up another um, sort of complicated subject around sort of how these are non-quantitative treatments, you know, you don't, yeah. you can't really quantify the the intrinsic benefits of the arts. What, however, there is a lot happening right now in the policy space that's actually uh, disabusing the industry of that. And some of the things that are happening um, are the World Health Organization has a very robust art and health um, objective led by Christopher Bailey, mm-hmm. and they just recently named Pretty Yendi uh, and Renee Fleming as ambassadors to sort of help to continue to highlight and leverage the opportunities that the art has both of them obviously are musicians and singers and music has one of the longest uh, and richest evidence base for yeah. the impact it has on public health and, and people in general and because mm-hmm. of all the, um, the the direct correlation it has with cortisone levels and hormone levels yeah. and things. So, you know, they're working on that. The National Endowment for the Arts is continuing to do a lot of um, research in this area, and um NYU just formed a, a new uh, Jamil Art lab. so and that's just a couple. So and Biden just named his new um, art committee, and we're very proud because the cover of the book um isn't is by an artist named Amanda Finkepakada, and she um is on that committee with um of that President Biden and just formed. So, um, there's just all, again, there's just all sorts of things happening um, in the world that demonstrate further that the arts do have a really critical and essential role on public health. And I think it's really exciting because it's no longer this idea of, oh, of course, it makes you feel better to have art mm-hmm. in your office. You know, it's, it's like, no, it actually is enhancing your your health. So um, So, you know, I've said enough about yeah. that
0: no i um i one of the things i do i'm an arborist too and i um i I do work a lot in bringing street big street tree projects to to cities and stuff like that it's another thing you can't like art you can't fully quantify but we all know too and i the science is getting there and people are just discussing and finding ways to to quantify that and and show that these things are important to have around we need them they do so so much for them so um this mural project which is laid out so vividly in this book it's a beautiful beautiful book it's gorgeous but uh there's, there's goals behind it. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about it, how kind of the goals for it, what, what is, what it actually does, um, you know, for the community and for the people involved and also kind of how the artists were selected too. I mean, there's, I think there had to be a a selection process process that, that brought forth these specific uh, fantastic artists.
1: Yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about it. So um, again, this is, we're in the fourth year um, Mm -hmm. of this program. We have, um, 26 murals currently Mm -hmm. in all five boroughs. Um, We are rolling out 10. We are like in the thick of it right now. We're rolling out 10 this summer and early fall and then 10 next year. Um, And so it's really a very um, thoughtful process that um, was developed in order to make sure that the um, selection process was equitable and fair Mm -hmm. and that it, um, you know, really demonstrated artists or really supported rather artists from New York um and those that are you know a lot of them are emerging artists some are not some are very accomplished um and so you know these these murals you know were placed into our our, our hospitals and as i mentioned earlier the landscape of h&h it's massive mm-hmm. um we have and it and it's a public safety net so as you can imagine um, unlike more affluent systems we really don't have any funding or uh you know strategies around Um, art because we're very patient focused. Um, That being said, and as I told you earlier, that the um, sort of elevation of the arts and medicine being under quality and safety certainly has elevated that conversation. Hmm. But the the community mural, um, we work with an agency called Residency Unlimited, and they um, helped to vet the RFQ for us, the request for qualifications. Mm-hmm. We develop a prompt around um, different things this year. Our prompt had multiple different sort of political um, goings on in the world and how artists could potentially be addressing things like reproductive rights and gun violence and all sorts of different um, really complicated challenges that seem to be bubbling up every day. Um, and so, you know, we really, we had a hundred and I think 139 artists applied wow. for um, 10 spots. And mm-hmm. so there's a group of us, there's uh, several people that are involved in this, um, about six six or seven people from all different disciplines. Some are internal voices at the hospital, some are external. We certainly have clinical voices. Um, and then we ultimately end up with these amazing artists. And what's really sort of exciting um, about this year is we have, for the first time, we're doing a mosaic artist we're doing um some augmented reality we're really starting oh, different to create... meetings.
0: cool cool yes, yeah. yeah yeah
1: so cool so we're um we're really looking at some of the emerging kind of different experiences but you know the the community murals murals in general um as you can imagine create sort of a, a enhance the environment that people are in and we're actually looking at a research project now on studying what the um what the real public health impact is of those murals over a period of time, and how that creates a collaboration and a community, a sense of belonging in communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but back to the I, what happens: we pick the artists, um, we go through two or three focus groups. The mm-hmm. artists will go to um, the different facilities where they have been assigned. the The location has been identified. Um, they will meet with a, about ten people within that hospital system from all different varying sectors, and they tell them what they do. They show them their process, and then um, and then they actually hear from them and they want to know exactly what, what's going on here in the Bronx. Tell me about the kinds of patients that come through here. You're looking you for looking
0: inspiration through? for what they yes. might be like, Okay, cool.
1: Um, and I will tell you, Michael, it's amazing to see from all 10, you know, different focus groups, the different 10 different ideas that come as yeah. a result. And there's a great deal of pride in, um, there's a great deal of pride that the people that work at H&H have for their, for their facilities that many of them, we always ask, you know, tell us how long you've been here, what your title is. And they're like, oh, 37 years, or my grandmother was born here, you know? So there's a real, um, there's a real passion for, for what they do for, um, for the system.
0: That's so great. And I'm sure that leads to, you know, ideas of community and unity and diversity and everything just bubbling into this art and this it, it does. And image. so
1: you know we we they figure out the actual vision and then they have we have a, what's called a paint party. We have the um I was gonna ask you
0: painting. about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is really it's really huh. neat actually. So they huh. have the image painted on, I mean developed on what's called a ghost print um on PolyTab. And that is um I always say sort of that it's like a paint by number. So they bring this massive, you know, mural a lot of them uh we try to think about three hundred square feet, but Frankly, a lot of them are a lot bigger. Um, And then we bring together the community. We bring together the community that are a part of the hospital, people that actually live in that neighborhood, patients, families, um, you know, all sorts of different people um, come together. The artist is there, we have music and we really just sort of, you know, it's kind of structured chaos, but basically everybody paints and then the artist will take it back to their studio and sort of refine it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we install it and have a ribbon cutting. So. Um, you know, and again, it continues oh. to have this, this amazing sense of pride, um, as, as we, as the years go by.
0: Just as so many people involved in bringing this art to life, it's so neat. Um, how permanent are these murals? Are they, are, is it rotating or have they live lived there for a while?
1: So that's a great question. Um, so they are, um, semi-permanent i say i mean they are certainly permanent that's Perfect. our objective yep. um, we bring them officially into our arts and medicine collection we digital you know we have them in our digital archive with the history and the artist and the um any other details around um around the project um but that's why actually we are lo- looking more at mosaics and other materials in order to create a more longevity mm-hmm. um because if we have you know, 50 murals and we're constantly going back and touching one up or, you know, these are hospitals. This isn't a museum. So things mm-hmm. get roughed up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we are, um, a couple of them we are frankly going back and sort of fixing and and, and um, addressing right now. But um, but for the most part, I think the way they're done now, they should be, la- they should last five years yeah, um, at least.
0: So. so you just said it perfectly led me to my next question. It is a hospital, not a museum. We can definitely get a a good you know experience with the art through the book, which I could not recommend more. But it can people visit these? I mean, is it as easy as going down to your local hospital, or is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So many of those are. Many I think of them I'm are. acting
0: selfishly too, because some of them, I'm like, I want to experience this. No, yes, and okay. and by
1: the way, um, the answer is yes. Many mm-hmm. of them, I would say, the majority of them are in public spaces. Some many are not, but many <laughs> of them are. Some mm-hmm. might be in a pediatric clinic or something. Um, but but the many of our WPA murals are in public spaces. So um, for example, Harlem Hospital houses multiple of our WPA murals and they're right in what's called Mural Pavilion. You can mm-hmm. go in, they're incredible. Um, but you know, it's interesting awesome. you touched upon that because we are also, we're, we just recently went on the Bloomberg Connect app. Mm-hmm. And that is a an app that is focused on cultural organizations and museums. We're the first healthcare one because of the collection. And we're really excited about it because it creates greater access to the, to these works. So if you're in Spain, you can look at the mural um, in Harlem Hospital. So, um, you know, that's always part of our mission is to make sure we're continuing to create access to the collection, to the murals, um, but all the community murals as well are on that app now. The the ones from the past, um, and we'll continue to de- to develop that. But you know, you you touched upon something that I just want to circle back to. Um, nice. Related to this, you said something about the botanical gardens and going out into nature. And, you know, there is this, this whole burgeoning field now called social prescription, which is really refined in Europe and is, is, is develop, is um creating a lot of cadence here in the United States yeah. and social prescribing is, nature you know, just, j- yeah, just what you would mm-hmm. think it is. It's like, Hey, Michael, you're going to your doctors, you're yeah. getting your, 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 med or whatever you maybe your Lexapro or whatever you're, mm-hmm. you're getting. And then the doctor says, Hey, do you want a six month dose of, um, ceramic class or, you know, going to a museum oh. and, and they, and they, what happens is, and we, we know this to be true, but it's, so it's not a shocker to those of us in the space, but what's been really wonderful is that, you know, um, patients are taking people, taking their doctors or their social workers up on this mm-hmm. and they're going. And after six months, they say, Hey, do you want another dose? You know, and they're happier. They're coming out of social isolation. They're engaging with other people. And so again, in the, it's augmenting their medical intervention. Their, you know, with this sort of experience, these experiences. And um, you know, again, it's no shocker to us, but it certainly is something that that more and more systems, including ours, really recognize as an important um, part of the caring for the whole person. Is what are you doing this weekend? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? Where are you going? Um, so I just wanted I to put it. that, throw that out there as no, well. I love it. I sure.
0: love it. That's that social prescription. That's kind of mind blowing. It's, I mean, it seems obvious too. It's something, you know, we all need these type of things and that type of advice. That's so, so cool. So you mentioned earlier a little bit about COVID and how it's put, you know, so much pressure and everything, but this program, this mural, mural program um, I'm impressed how it still pushed through the pandemic. And, you know, I saw how um, I, think, I think it was Lynn Dang and, uh, Eric, we kind of like they really, really Eric, Eric's amazing too. He's, he's uh, amazing. I, saw, I saw that he's still like an active physician and on the front lines. And then he's so involved in this. Yeah. Uh, but they made the decision that because it, we all know is more important than ever to push through and make it happen. But how was it navigating this whole thing and, and yeah. keep the project going during, during the pandemic?
1: Yeah. Um, Dr. Wei's is amazing. He's actually my boss and he really yeah. um, is incredibly Um, instrumental in supporting the uh, integration of the arts and wellness programs for the workforce. Um, And he is also one of the ones that really developed uh, the helping healers heal modality, which is Uh a secondary victim, um, it's a secondary victim resource. If you know, you're a physician and somebody yeah. passes away, then you have research. So there's a whole kind of wellness approach and culture that he, he and Dr. Katz have really helped to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, but my predecessor, Lynn, was really um, innovative, I think, in terms of figuring out how to reach folks. I do think that at some point the whole mural program did to have a halt, mm-hmm. um, but I think that there were focus groups and things done just
2: like we're doing on Zoom mm-hmm. and virtually, Um, And I interrupt for one second because it never it it paused until we could. Larissa wasn't there, but I I was I was there from the beginning. This
0: is Jan Um, Rothschild speaking right now. Sorry. No, jump in. I want to hear this.
2: Go ahead, Jan. So so COVID was uh, an enormous um, burden on the hospital system Mm. and everyone was was trying to figure out how to serve people most effectively and save lives, obviously. After we paused the program for about four months so that the acute care system could get up to speed with what they needed to do to save lives. And Eric came to the Illumination Fund, who funded the program, and they begged us to, to continue the program and Ling because they said it was so important for morale and for the yeah. communities Obviously, and for yeah. everyone, because there was so much suffering and they really felt that the community mural program was something that we could figure out how to do online to get people together, to talk about art and to continue the program. And so we couldn't do the we couldn't do the um, the engagement days because that meant we had to gather people together. But everything else, we moved online and we were able to continue the program. But it was quite um, it it became a real lifeline for many people during COVID.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important. I love that the decision, you know, stepped back and made the decision to keep it going. Cause it's it like you're saying, it's necessary, it became a lifeline there. Um, thanks, Jen. Really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um yeah. kind of generally speaking, too, and I'm sure you've seen it, you're around it a whole bunch. Um, how exciting, how fun, how interesting has it been for you to see how patients have reacted to these murals, how how the workers over the you know, health and hospitals have reacted to these. I mean, just visually being around it, how has it affected you? It's gotta it's gotta, you know, have a deeper I I I
1: think what's really fun and I've heard a lot of anecdotes of patients or our staff members going up and saying, oh, I painted that spot. I was a part of this. There's ownership there, yeah. There's ownership. And and this year we're doing um in addition to the other I mentioned, we're doing a photo mural Mm -hmm. um in one of our long-term care facilities. And you know, really having them have all these images and pictures that they're gonna collage. So there's a lot of different ways that there's um that, that we bring in um, the folks. but yeah, I think that everybody feels a, as I said a great sense of pride. Um, mm-hmm. you probably heard in the um, the PBS piece uh, one of our nurses talking very lovingly about her um, not feeling like she's necessarily an artist but what a contribution it had and that's, we hear that a great deal as well. Great, great. Um, so and I think that you know to Jan's point, I think the relevancy of having these kinds of experiences only grew um as a result of covid and i was saying the other day i remember driving down 5th avenue from like greenpoint brooklyn and normally mm-hmm. it takes a half hour it took like 8 minutes you know to yeah. get to and there was nothing and and the world was shuttered and the art and culture yeah. that is so rich in the city were was was gone um and i think it almost was not a good thing but almost it's a good thing to wake people up to recognize how important that is for our mental health and mm-hmm. for us to feel um, joy every day. So I think these murals really bring a lot of that um, to the environments, and I know they'll continue to. And we we use the art collection in general, the visual collection I referenced for other uh, programs as well, in partnership with museums and the community. So we have a, a workshop, an empathy building workshop with staff.
0: Is That's that the, that was one last, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Liz. Yeah. That, was, that was one last thing I want to ask about. Is that the HH artwork? Yeah. So not, I want to hear about this. I don't know yeah, about Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so heart of medicine is, has risen to sort of the top of our um, programmatic offerings. Um, wow. It is an incredible program that has, um, was really offered for, I think by a Yale doctor in 1992 was one of its first, uh, you know, iterations, but it was really to get first year residents mm-hmm. to observe art together in order to have um, deepened empathy, deeper, uh, di- better diagnostic skills, just all sorts of sort of cri- things that really they felt was working. Yep. And what they really did here was my predecessor um, connected with um, the Brooklyn Museum. The, the Lori Tisch was very involved in museums, one of our funders we, we've talked about, yeah. you know, and she was thinking about, hey, what are the ways that the museums that you know we I know and love can be involved in helping the public health hospital. Mm-hmm. So these all these ideas sort of came together and we partnered with the Brooklyn Museum, we now partner with the Whitney Museum. And how it essentially works is we bring they have an educator come from the museum, they bring their own art therapist, and we have a piece from the collection that is most likely also in the museum mm-hmm. by the same artist. Yeah. And they observe it um, for, for a period. And then there's and the social, the uh Art therapist talks them through this art activity, and then there's this whole sharing out. And, you know, it really has created a lot of cohesion um, and enhanced people's trust in the system and pride. Uh-huh. It gives them a break. Um, and it's very it's a very sophisticated um, experience, but it's it's very mindful as well. And they're really just they get away from it's from usually like 12 to one or 12 to one thirty. Um, And what's really been interesting is we offer it not just for a mixture of sort of people that work in the hospital, but now we've been getting more and increased um, asks for different customized clinical teams. So the palliative care team in the Bronx has now done a series of them and, you know, different uh, population health just did one. And so then we're really able to kind of customize the curricula to address what that team is specifically enduring. And interestingly, I just was at an event and the new um, executive director of the 9-11 Museum was talking to me about it and said, oh, my gosh, can you come and offer this to our staff? Because they are traumatized every day working here, you know, just being exposed to what happened. So I think that it, it's such a beautiful and um, really trauma informed um, module our workshop, rather, that's been really effective. And so we're definitely continuing to grow that as well.
0: Fantastic. Um, I'm gonna share all the links to stuff, everything I have. But is there anywhere you can point us to learn more, to get involved? I'm sure people want to know after hearing about all this.
1: Yeah. So our, if it's New York City Health and Hospitals Arts and Medicine, our website um, is a wonderful resource. We're continuing to um, work on that, and then the Bloomberg Connect app that I mentioned as well yeah, um, is really is really a great resource. And both of those were were really um, just building out because there's just been so much interest around what's been happening um, in the department.
2: But it just just occurred to me, Larissa, um, people in New York, anyone who lives in New York who lives around one of the facilities Mm -hmm. that is going to be having a mural, we're just in the process of the um yeah focus groups and soon they're going to be a series of paint parties and so maybe put some information about that because if you let's say you live in Brooklyn mm-hmm. you could go to the hospital in Brooklyn Definitely. and participate in the paint party because they're open to the communities
0: and they look yeah. so fun the pictures and they're are so fun. much fun Amazing. Michael
2: you're invited I, yeah, I need so to check fun. it out
0: now <laughs> I want I want in this whole thing to me speaks to the power of art and just what it can do. And I mean, when you were talking earlier about the public safe net for immigrants and 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 you know, the homeless and everything, all oh, this is the type of infrastructure many of us believe we really, really need. And I just want to say thank you for all you guys are doing for the community and for everybody around this city that I love. And thank you for taking the time too for talking about this. It's a really cool project and I'm I'm glad to help spread the word about it. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, thank you very much for, for having me and for allowing us to sort of talk more about this very exciting, we feel, topic.
0: Of course, that is, it's super exciting. Let's go!